time now for Dr. Health Radio, radio's original health news magazine, bringing you the latest information on medicine, nutrition, fitness, and wellness. Now in its 27th year, your host of Dr. Health Radio is health expert David Snow, who is not a doctor. And while most of David's guests are doctors or authorities in their areas of expertise, they do not diagnose or prescribe on the air. If you have a condition or illness that requires medical attention, see a health professional. The information contained in this program is for educational and entertainment purposes only. And now, your host of Dr. Health Radio, the snowman himself, David Snow. Man was complaining to his friend that making love with his wife was becoming routine and boring. Get creative. Break up the monotony. Why don't you try playing doctor for an hour? That's what I do, the friend said. Well, it sounds good, the man replied, but how do I make it last for an hour? The friend responded, just keep her in the room waiting for 55 minutes. Say, I play doctor for two hours every week here on the radio. No, just kidding. I am not a doctor, but I am your board-certified talktologist. Not to be confused with a proctologist. That's the other end. Guaranteed not to leave you bored with the stimulating information we have for you each and every week at this time. And we thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your weekend, which we do hope to make strong and healthy with the information we have for you this morning. David Snow on your radio, thanks so much for uh, being here. And a reminder, if you do miss any part of the show, you can always listen to our uh, rebroadcast of the program at 9 p.m. on the station you're listening to right now. Today on the program and this hour of the show, Dr. Regina Nelson and Michael Browning join us. They are the authors of Time for the Talk, talking to your doctor or patient about medical cannabis. This is the first show we've done entirely on cannabis, uh, medical marijuana, otherwise known as, uh, well, cannabis. Uh, Dr. Nelson is also the author of The Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis, and uh, we'll talk to her in just a few radio minutes, and we'll talk about uh, why cannabis can have an effect on our body. Uh, You know, we have what's called the endocannabinoid system. We have receptor sites throughout the body for that. Uh, There are other plants as well as cannabis, but we'll um, talk mainly about cannabis and as well as getting into some of the other um, phytonutrients or phytocannabinoids, uh, as they're called. I will also talk about the legality of using medical cannabis as an alternative to uh, some of the prescription or over-the-counter drugs for relief of pain or PTSD or anxiety or uh, just a litany of other uh, uses that uh, people are using cannabis for now. Current research as well as new studies, uh, the side effects of using cannabis, you know, any drug, uh, no matter how beneficial it may be is going to have um, side effects along with the primary effects or benefits. And then we'll talk about the pros and cons of uh, cannabis therapy as well as the dosing and delivery forms. There's vaping and edibles and, of course, smoking, uh, different ingestion tips. And uh, if you want to cannabinize, not to be confused with cannibalized, you don't want to cannibalize, you want to cannabinize, uh, but we'll uh, talk all about that in this hour's program. First, a few announcements and then uh, features, and then on to our guests, Dr. Regina Nelson and uh, Michael Browning. All right, uh, speaking of marijuana, boy, these are some eye-opening facts. Marijuana, medical marijuana sales. Back four years ago, or five years ago, they were $1.6 billion in 2013. Today, well, last year, as of last year, 2017, $3.2 billion, so it's doubled in just the last four or five years. And another four or five years, or actually less, by 2021, it's going to double again to $6.8 billion. That's the expected 
revenue uh, that uh, medical marijuana retail sales will be in the year 2021. And uh, right now, there are 2.3 million uh, Americans that have U.S. medical marijuana uh, or their legal U.S. medical marijuana patients. Uh, Well, that's as of uh, actually 2017. Medical marijuana is used to uh, treat pain, uh, but, uh, you know, there are other modalities for treating pain. That's one of the main uses that people use medical cannabis for. But last week, uh, if you remember, we did a show on acupuncture. Here's, uh, this is what, how Dr. Oz weighs in on acupuncture for pain. Uh, he says that uh, acupuncture can help with everything from nausea to asthma to addiction. But the strongest evidence uh, supports acupuncture to treat pain. In fact, studies show that acupuncture can make conventional pain treatments more effective and even reduce that pain. Uh, from uh, neck and lower back pain to migraines and osteoarthritis. Uh, so a lot of different types of pain, uh, even on its own, uh, without any other assistance from drugs or other therapies. So, uh, you know, and acupuncture is safe. It's legal, no side effects. It's not, um, it's not uh, controversial like, uh, like medical cannabis would be. Now, what does Dr. Oz think about uh, cannabidiol? Uh, cannabidiol, excuse me. Uh, well, um, According to Dr. Oz, uh, you know, it's a natural treatment for anxiety, as I mentioned. And uh, CBD is the non-psychoactive chemical found in cannabis, which we're going to be talking about in a few minutes with our guests. But uh, some high-quality studies, uh, human studies, have shown that CBD can be effective at decreasing anxiety in the short term, but they don't yet know if it's safe or effective over long periods of time. And that's what, uh, of course, ongoing studies are working on that. So if you want to see if it works for you, Dr. Raz recommends to make sure you talk to your physician, your MD, about whether it could interact with any other meds you may be taking. And uh, if you're 60 or older and a lot of older people are seeking out medical cannabis therapy, uh, you know, the average what, 60 or 65-year-old is taking five or six, yeah, four or five or f- uh, six medications. So, uh, uh, so, you know, there's drug interactions with, uh, just because it's, Natural, it doesn't mean that there's no drug interactions with other prescription drugs. And uh, I read a study recently of alcohol. <laughs> you don't want to mix. Uh, I mean, there, there's all kinds of side effects when you mix alcohol and cannabis. And that's, I mean, the two practically go together recreationally, right? But if you're doing it medically or medicinally, you want to be aware of that. All right, some little known health facts. You ever wonder how many calories you contain. You know, you, you always look at the packages of foods and beverages of 150 calories for a can of soda or a couple hundred calories for a candy bar. But uh, how many calories does a body contain? Well, a 170-pound man contains, are you ready? 110,000 calories. Ever heard of Lady Cheese? Let me ask my producer. Lady Cheese, Chaz, ever heard of Lady Cheese? Oh, he's doing something else. Okay. Well, it's not a brand name. Lady Cheese is cheese made from human breast milk. All right. Probably haven't had any of that. Uh, And opioid addiction is nothing new. Opium or related compounds um, is uh, centuries old, of course. Abraham Lincoln's wife was an opium addict. Did you know that more than a third of all sick leave is taken on Mondays? That's understandable. Everybody wants a three-day weekend. Record number of live goldfish swallowed in a single sitting is 210. What? <laughs> I wonder how big those fish were anyway. And uh, what is the nutrient content of goldfish? I wonder I wonder about that. Are they high in omega-3s like, like salmon is? I don't know. 
Hey, uh, ancient Egyptian lettuce contained the same active ingredient as cocaine. You know, this is interesting because I, I remember um, doing a, well, I've, I've studied this in the past being an herbologist, but um, some decades ago, I came across some information. I think, yeah, it's uh, head lettuce. And if you cut it uh, right toward the um, the core or the, you know, the bottom of the head of lettuce, you'll, you'll see this uh, white latex uh, uh, you know, oozing out. It's it's kind of a secretion. And that's, uh, I think it's called lacturium, is it? Anyway, it's a very mild opiate. But uh, if you, and, and actually there are herbal uh, con, uh, combinations, wild lettuce combination, uh, that have relaxing or sedative effects. So uh, there is some truth to that. Even in modern times, it's not just uh, ancient Egyptian lettuce. And old English names, uh, we're going back in our retrospectroscope here, <laughs> and uh, old English medicines included, uh, ready for some of these names, Allen's Nipple Liniment, Grimston's Eye Snuff, <laughs> Miller's Worm Plums, and Italian Bosom Friend. Okay, some old English medicine names. All right, let's go to matters of sexual health. And talk about fertility, some causes of infertility. Uh, you know, so, some are beyond your control, uh, such as endometriosis or incompatibility with your partner's sperm. But um, smoking, you should know, shortens your reproductive life and is toxic to your ovaries. That's for women. Also, decrease your alcohol intake, or better yet, stop drinking altogether because that can cause fertility problems, both for men and women. And limit your caffeine intake to two or three cups of caffeinated drinks a day. And attention, men, cannabis, since we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes, medical cannabis, has been shown to numb certain receptors in the erectile tissue of the penis, making it, well, hard, hard to get hard, I guess, is what, uh, there's no other way of putting it. Uh, and on the other hand, though, marijuana, I have read that uh, it's been shown to combat the effects of high cholesterol, which is also a risk factor for ED. So, you know, take your pick on which side of the fence you're on there. All right, let's go to the fitness file. First, a note on aging. And if you missed our show in the first hour, it, it is a podcast. Uh, just go to drhealthradio.com. That's D-O-C-T-O-R healthradio.com. Uh, when we had 96-year-old Victoria Schmidt on talking about longevity. But note on aging regarding fitness, one measure of your age is to observe your workouts. And uh, boy, have I ever noticed this over the decades. If what you once did for a warm-up is now a hard workout, you're getting up there. I think that's pretty safe to say. And uh, research, this is from 15 years ago, as I went into my retrospectroscope, uh, my medical library. But still, it's just as true today. Dumbbells, using those instead of crunches, if you want to flatten your belly. When researchers, this was research at the University of Alabama, they put 26 seniors on a total strength training program for 25 weeks. So it's about six months. And they found that the women lost a significant amount of dangerous belly fat. Now, men lost some fat too, but not as much from around the belly. Uh, this was important for women because, you know, after menopause, you start storing fat in your abdominal region. So that's, that's going to increase your risk of heart disease as well as diabetes. So uh, really good information or uh, reason to uh, do resistance training. And by the way, the uh, lead researcher said that strength training provides similar benefits for younger people, too. Uh, in fact, it helps reduce abdominal fat at any age. So um, pump those 
pump those weights and dumbbells and uh, don't don't worry about doing crunches. All right, let's go to the Funny Bone Pharmacy finally and talk about uh, some uh, humorous things. This is from the comedian Gallagher. He says, I wish there was a button on the TV so you could turn up the intelligence. They, well, they've got one, don't they? It's called brightness, but it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there's the brightness control, the contrast control, uh, but uh, unfortunately, brightness only uh, only pertains to the uh, the intensity of the the picture, not the the uh, IQ of who's on there. <laughs> hey, what kind of candy do boxers eat? Jawbreakers, of course. What kind of cheese stays by itself? Provolone. <laughs> I, I never cared, even though I'm half Italian, I, I've never cared for provolone cheese. I like, you know, cheddar, Swiss, um, ricotta, some of the other cheeses. Okay, woman was getting uh, swamped with calls from strangers. The reason? A medical billing service had launched an 800 number that was identical to hers. When she called to complain, they told her to get a new number. What? I've had mine for 20 years, she pleaded. Couldn't you change yours? They refused. So the mom says, fine. From now on, I'm going to tell everyone who calls that their bill is paid in full. The company got a new number the next day. Okay, I love that one. And uh, here's a medical blooper. While uh, completing an admission, a hospital admission, nurse asked the patient, are you on any kind of diet? <laughs> the patient says, well, I, I don't eat the fries at the bottom of the bag. <laughs> I like that. I only eat the French fries at the top. Okay, so uh, since I couldn't resist this, since we're uh, going to be talking about medical cannabis, I uh, thought some add some humor to the situation um, in our Garden of Whedon. Uh, there, there's some, uh, you know, these uh, medical dispensaries opening in the U.S. are really making a name for themselves, no pun intended, but or pardon the pun. But here's here's a few actual names of these, these uh, sites or these... Um, Dispensaries, MedMen as opposed to MadMen, uh, Electric Lettuce. Uh, what about this Stone Age Pharmacy? That's F A R M, Pharmacy. Uh, grassroots. Oh, One Hit Wonders. <laughs> uh, farm to Table. That's P H A R M. Hollyweed, and uh, finally my favorite, the Coffee Shop. That's C O U G H Y Shop. All right. Okay, that's uh, some serious business on uh, medical marijuana dispensaries. At least their names have a sense of humor. Okay, when we come back, we will have our guests, Dr. Regina Nelson and Michael Browning, talking about their new book, well, their uh, current book, Time for the Talk, talking to your doctor or patient about medical cannabis. Uh, Everything having to do with the uh, upsides and downsides of cannabis. So uh, we'll get you high on natural information for your good health here on Dr. Health. Stick around if you want to stay healthy back right after this as Dr. Health Radio continues. Ladies and gentlemen, listen up. It's me, your immune system. I'm always hard at work defending you against the many disease-causing viruses and bacteria that you are exposed to every day. But sometimes I need help to defeat the bad bugs. Luckily, our friends at Kyolic have come to the rescue. Kyolic has two super immune-enhancing supplements, Kyolic Immune Formula 103 and Kyo Green Harvest Blend Immune Defense. Kyo Green Harvest Blend is a power-packed blend of organic and naturally sourced grasses, ancient grains, 
fruits, veggies, herbal extracts, and spirulina in a fast dissolving drink mix for a quick and easy way to support immunity. Kyolic Immune Formula 103 combines immune-boosting nutrients with aged garlic extract. Aged garlic extract has been clinically shown to support a healthy immune response and reduce both the duration and severity of cold and flu symptoms. Help me protect you with Kyolic supplements and nutritional drink mixes to fortify your immune health today. Available at fine natural health retailers. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and it's that time of year again when everyone suffers from some kind of upper respiratory problem. We miss work and feel miserable spending too much time with doctors and pharmacists. That is, unless we protect ourselves and our families with a product that I recommend to my patients. Clear Saline Nasal Spray and Sinus Rinse. Clear combines the unique properties of xylitol and the health-promoting benefits of a saline nasal spray to help cleanse, moisturize, and soothe your sinuses and nasal passages. Clear helps wash away bacteria, pollens, and other irritants before they have a chance to attack the sensitive tissues in your upper respiratory tract. Clear is easy to use, effective, and safe for people of all ages. Clear is simply your best defense in an increasingly dirty and polluted world. I use it myself. You can find Clear Saline Nasal Spray and Sinus Wash at Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, CVS, Rite Aid, and other drugstores, supermarkets, and pharmacies near you, as well as Amazon. Or you can visit Clear on the web at clear.com. That's www.xlear.com. Did you know that pharmacists work in hospitals? We work around the clock with doctors and nurses to make sure you get the best results from your medicine. We're the medication experts. So when you or someone you love is in the hospital and have questions about your medicine, ask for me, your hospital pharmacist. Brought to you by the American Society of Health System Pharmacists. Find out more at safemedication.com. Welcome back to the program, David Snow on your radio. Our health tip of the week, don't smoke in bed. The ashes on the floor may be you. That's a health and safety tip. And by the way, it doesn't matter what you're smoking, cigarettes, cigars, marijuana. If it took a flame to light it, it's a health and safety hazard. So uh, please heed that information and uh, please don't, well, don't smoke in the first place. But uh, if you have to smoke, uh, don't smoke in bed. Hey, we are clinically proven to increase your health IQ levels. And here to help us do that, to increase our health IQ levels uh, regarding the um, awareness of the benefits as well as the uh, possible downsides of medical cannabis is uh, Dr. Regina Nelson and Michael Browning, the co-authors of Time for the Talk, talking to your doctor or patient about medical cannabis. And we welcome them both to the Dr. Health Radio microphones this morning. Good morning to both of you. How the health are you? Great, Dr. Health. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being there. And uh, Dr. Nelson, you're also the author of The Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis, I might add. Um, uh, was that the uh, uh, you know inception or, or the... Um, uh, kind of a is the new book a spinoff of the of that book, the first book, or um, how did how did well, that uh, come about? It kind of came about. Well, actually, the Survivor's Guide to Medical Cannabis will be coming out this summer. It's an updated version of a guide I have called the ECS or Endocannabinoid System Therapy Guide, and um, it was a book I was looking for when I first got sick. Um, when I started on this PhD journey. Um, in 2011, I was sick and I was curious if medical marijuana could at all be helpful. I had irretractable nausea and vomiting and um, long story short, I ended up having a major bowel resection, oh, but that right. didn't resolve the nausea and vomiting for years to come afterwards. And so I had a lot of health issues and I was 
seeking information. And so that's how the ECS Therapy Companion Guide came into effect, as I'd originally looked for a book where I could understand why this was important and how to do this, and that didn't exist. And so five years into my journey, it still didn't exist, and I put that book together. About the time that I started doing some work with my nonprofit, the ECS Therapy Center in Illinois, which had just become a new medicalized market. And, and let and me I'm stop like, you there if I, if I could. I'm sorry to inter- interject, but uh, tell us, tell our listeners what ECS stands for. ECS stands for endocannabinoid system. Okay, we all it. have this endogenous cannabinoid receptor system right. that has effect in our nervous system yes. and our immune system mm-hmm. that's meant to bring balance and homeostasis to the body. Right, okay. And... Um, So with that, the ECS Therapy Center, we focus on helping people understand how to dose cannabis correctly. But when we came to Illinois, unlike Colorado and most other medicalized states that have evaluation centers for cannabis patients, meaning there are physicians who are in a private practice and all they deal with is the cannabis therapy and they will evaluate if someone meets the requirements for the program and recommend if they meet those requirements and they've had a good discussion with them. Well, in Illinois, that wasn't allowed. Patients had to go to their immediate family and, and, you know, family practitioner or specialist. And we know with a federal divide, because cannabis is still a Schedule One drug, that many institutions place policies that don't allow physicians to recommend cannabis. Um, But for the, you know, so it's difficult for patients in new markets to even enter conversations. So I came up with the book, Talking to Your Doctor Patient, about medical cannabis there. Michael and I joined forces about a year and a half ago when he helped me publish my dissertation, The Medical Cannabis Recommendation, which was an exploration of doctor and patient experiences from around the country. And he helped me update time for the talk. And now, three years after the ECS Therapy Companion Guide, we've, a lot has changed and we've learned a lot. So we're updating that title as well, and it will be out this summer. All right. Now let's talk. Let's start uh, the discussion by talking about cannabidiol or CBD and the basis of why cannabis can be, have an effect on our body's various systems, as you mentioned, uh, because of our endocannabinoid receptors uh, that that, the body, that everybody has. Everybody has one mm-hmm. or has them. Uh, so let's talk about why they're so uh, why cannabis can be so beneficial for a variety of ailments that people suffer from. Well, I think the thing is, is the more we understand about this endogenous receptor system, again, um, we have receptors CB1 and CB2 receptors. We make our own cannabinoids. We make one called anandamide, right. um, which is, uh, basically stands for chemical bliss, and it is very similar to THC in nature, or, or THC is very similar to it. And then we also make um, 2-AG. We make a lot of minor cannabinoids. But we're learning more and more about this system. And when I was first introduced to it in 2010, 2011, it was an endocrine system. Now, in just the last year, there's, there's, science is really pushing it. This is probably our primary endocrine system because it has effect over our levels of our hormones. And it is a neurotransmitter. Um, all the fats in cannabis and the fat the cells that, um, you know, in anandamide and 2-AG, these are all fat messengers, but they are body's way of communicating with our, our brain and our brain's way of communicating with the body and bringing balance and sickness and injury are just imbalances. So the phytocannabinoids from the cannabis plant are really wonderful natural supplements that help balance those out and bring a lot of people um, a lot of healing. I don't believe in the silver bullet and cure, 
But I certainly believe that cannabis can be extremely effective in improving people's quality of life. And I've often seen, you know, some really miraculous things that we can't quite explain scientifically yet. Right. And a lot of doctors are coming on board that have been against it in the past, namely Dr. Sanjay Gupta, the medical the chief medical correspondent at CNN News. Uh, he was, you know, 180 degrees. I mean, he's changed his view 180 degrees because he was, you know, pretty much totally against it. And now he's one of the biggest cheerleaders for it in the medical world. Um, so um, that, that's just one example of some of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the medical profession uh, changing their tune as far as uh, because of the science and some of the studies you mentioned or alluded to that are coming out uh, saying that, hey, you know, maybe there's more benefits than there are side effects or, or downside to it. And uh, let's talk about, uh, maybe I can ask this to, to Michael, uh, as far as being a Schedule One drug, um, you know, d- according to Dr. Gupta, he says it should have never been classified as that. Of course, there was uh, there were uh, political reasons for that back in the 1930s. Uh, but that, that being aside, because we don't have time to get into that, but uh, let, let's talk about um, the, the present-day legality of medical marijuana, it, even though the states can sanction it, it's still, uh, on a federal level, it, it can be pulled at any time, right? Or am I wrong about that? Uh, you're absolutely right. It can be pulled. And, and of course, that's, that's the main concern right now is that it is Schedule 1. It's great that you brought up Dr. Gupta because in Colorado, we've seen an incredible uh, effect in the population because of his CNN specials on weed, um, co- uh, families from all around the country by the, by the thousands have moved to Colorado and then subsequently Washington, Oregon, uh, Alaska for the ability to safely access this medicine. Because uh, y- you did mention downsides, and we were on a, a Louisiana uh, radio show last week where the host was really looking for some of the downsides. And what I have to point to is the Schedule 1 um, status of this, of this, what is really a nutritional supplement. Uh, it goes back to Hippocrates and, and letting your food be your medicine. And this is really something that humans have had in their diet for centuries. And it's this disconnect of the last century or so that is allowing, um, well, as you know, it's very political, and Big Pharma and, and Big Sugar uh, have huge um, lobbying efforts for their industry, and that's lacking in, in the cannabis industry. We don't have lobbyists in there fighting for our cause, but what that's allowed is is the opioid industry to create this horrific situation in America, and and the fact is that the, the studies are in, the the, the studies are ongoing about cannabis and, and just CBD itself um, pulling people off of heavy opioid addiction. And it does, it does at times, because of their dependence on opioids, it takes a concentrated cannabis product. Mm-hmm. So right. we are trying to also emphasize the fact that as we move into this medical realm, we're getting away from this idea of smoking pot or passing around a joint. Um, it, it, comes in every pharmaceutical delivery method that seniors and 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 pedi, uh, pediatrics um, people know of. I mean, it kind of, you can apply it topically. You can ingest it internally. It's it's really something where we want to uh, 
move away from this idea of the pot that we've all been programmed about and look at this uh, from a pharmaceutical and a nutraceutical Standpoint. Right. Now, uh, Michael, if I could interject here, uh, you mentioned a few vested interests, uh, namely the uh, pharmaceutical industry being one of them, but you, you uh, failed to mention one of the biggest drivers of uh, or, or, you know, other forces out there that uh, want control of, of, um, of the uh, cannabis industry, and that's the alcohol industry, which, which wants basically cannabis products to be distributed using the same regulations as booze. So that's a whole different program, but I, I just wanted to interject that uh, so people are aware of it. Oh, you're absolutely well, you know, right. And it goes take... right back to Harry Anslinger and the yeah. whole reason mm -hmm. why pot was vilified in the first place is because the prohibitionists uh, needed a new job after alcohol was re legalized. Mm -hmm. Now, to play devil's advocate for just a minute, though, uh, by the same token and, and along those lines, back in the time of prohibition, medical alcohol was available and wink wink uh you know patients could see their physicians for a prescription for various forms of alcohol which they could uh then fill at a at a pharmacy and of course everybody uh knew that uh, the alcohol had you know no true medicinal benefits and as soon as prohibition ended the farce of medical alcohol uh, ended as well uh, and um, here's an article that, uh, let's see, let me just see, uh, it goes on to say that medical marijuana is an ongoing ab absurdity. This is on the other side of the coin or plain devil's advocate, uh, that it's, it's simply a workaround for those wishing to get intoxicated from cannabis, but who are otherwise stymied by the legal prohibition in place. A vast majority of those with medical marijuana cards have no history whatsoever of any chronic illness that could even potentially be addressed with some component of marijuana. What's your response to that? I would say it's an uninformed point of view. <laughs> it simply discounts the public health issue of the fact that every one of us, every single human being, and all of our mammalian friend pets, have a fully functioning endocannabinoid system that is probably our primary endocrine system. And we can't discount that. Whether or not you use cannabis now, we still can't discount that. We need to look at that science and talk about it. I tell people, though, and, and it really came going back to Sanjay Gupta. In 2013, when that first weed special ran on CNN, I was working a booth at the Colorado State Fair with my nonprofit. And legalization hadn't quite yet come. The, the vote was there, but... Um, I was on the evening news that night. Should cannabis education be at the Colorado State Fair? Well, we were and people mostly agreed that yes, it should. But that night, the Gupta special followed that and showed the story of Charlotte Figgy. The next day, when I showed up at my booth at the fair, I had a line. Oh, I can imagine, people yeah. And parents. And since that time, we've seen so much. And you know, the first time I saw someone give a child their first dose of cannabis oil, and I watched that child come out of a seizure in minutes and just be completely right. different, that changes things. Oh, and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's very clear, you know, that, you know, from my own health experiences I talk about, it's important, but it, I am absolutely shocked and amazed by the things I've seen and witnessed in others. Well, and, well, that's what, what uh, excuse me for interrupting, but that's what uh, caused uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta to change yeah. his views because it was an epilepsy yeah. patient that he saw just, I mean, it changed before his eyes. Uh, they changed. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I think there's a lot more to this. And Michael and I, this year, 
Um, last year we did a plant a seed for cannabis education tour, and this year we're offering a condition level one certification. But the reason we're offering an industry level certification is because we've done CME accreditation for all four of the classes that we're teaching around time for the talk, the endocannabinoid system, um, CBD versus, you know, THC. What are some of the real differences there? So doctors really understand what they can expect with hemp oil products versus medical cannabis products. In their ah, patients. okay. So do you, do you give these to health professionals or also the lay public? Yeah. Well, and that's that we're doing both. Again, as I put these together to do CME accredited classes for doctors, it's kind of like the same thing as writing the companion guide early on. I wrote it thinking I was writing it for physicians and realized I wrote it really for the general public. But it's at a high level. Mm. And it's the same thing. I've actually, um, we accredited the classes through the American Academy of Family Physicians. And so doctors can get CME credit. And we're doing, you know, private education that way too some doctors like us to come into their practice and meet with their entire team all right nurses and medical assistants typically have a big hand and role in this okay and they're the ones that can help explain to patients how to use this comfortably and get the you know get the best results that they can sure okay dr nelson we need to take a break and michael uh, stay with us uh speaking of physicians uh, i have the position from the american medical association and it doesn't necessarily align with your views on medical marijuana. We'll have that when we come back. Uh, But reportedly, 76% of doctors worldwide approve of medical pot, and some 92% of medical marijuana users say they have benefited from the treatment. So much more on medical cannabis when we return after this brief break here on Dr. Health Radio. When it comes to probiotics, why do employees, managers, and owners of health stores recommend and personally take Theralac more than any other brand? Results, fast results. In fact, Theralac is the fastest acting medicinal strength probiotic with patented stomach acid resistant delivery, prebiotic stimulation, and guaranteed potency. Theralac restores regularity fast while providing all the long-term benefits of a superior probiotic supplement. Don't be fooled by probiotic products that promise higher potencies or more strains of beneficial bacteria. High potency means nothing without delivery, and more strains are not necessarily better. Theralac is optimally formulated for results. Theralac, the high-potency probiotic with guaranteed strength, delivery, and stimulation, supporting your digestion, regularity, and immunity. Theralac, available in the refrigerated section of your favorite health store. For more information, go to theralac.com. Our quote of the week. Here's our quote of the week. Uh, Do more of what makes you forget to look at your phone. I love this one. I just came across it this week. (laughs) For all you uh, smartphone addicts out there, it's dumbing you. It's dumbing you down. Do more of what makes you forget to look at your phone. And here's a bonus quote for you. A good friend knows all your stories. A best friend helps you write them. All right. Friends are really the angels following us through life. All right. uh, Back uh, to our guests and our topic of discussion. If you're just joining us, we're talking about medical cannabis uh, here on Dr. Health Radio, where Dr. Health's name, wellness is the game, and we're talking about uh, some of the uh, benefits. Now, let's talk about 
the position of the American Medical Association, uh, physicians have rejected the medical use of marijuana. They say the American Medical Association, uh, American Psychiatric Association, and the American Society for Addiction Medicine, or of Addiction Medicine, have all indicated an absence of any medical application for marijuana, with several statements from all groups indicating that the use of marijuana has harmful and debilitating effects. Care to respond to that, either of you? Oh, I would suggest that they read my book called The Medical Cannabis Recommendation. It was my dissertation research, and it was an exploration of doctor and patient experiences from around this country. And the physicians that were included within that were notable physicians in their own right before they came into cannabis and were brought to it not to make money, but because they, like Dr. Gupta, learned something about the endocannabinoid system and saw some response in a patient that surprised them and came to understand the difficulties patients had speaking with and working with their own physicians. And, um, you know, and so if you, when you talk to those physicians, how ostracized they feel now from their profession and how they've been treated when they were oftentimes award-winning physicians who were notable across the country in their field, suddenly, you know, they stepped into a taboo area. We really need to look at the science of this. And the National Institutes of Health and the National Institute of Drug Abuse have been the largest funders of research on the endocannabinoid system. Most mm. of it's being done overseas. But they spend, I researched this, they spend less than 1% of their entire budget on cannabis research, and it's actually close to about only a half a percent. Okay. But when we're looking at this and, and learning about what can't, what the interaction with cannabinoids at a cellular level, you know, I, um, I, I, I challenge a lot of doctors because I started working with a little girl around 2013, right around the Sanjay Gupta special, and she didn't respond to CBD oil. She responds really well to a THC-rich oil which amazes a lot of people. But 10 months into therapy, a little girl with a condition called schizencephaly, meaning she has a malformed brain, she was only born with 24% of her brain. Wow. And she came to Colorado after the best neurologist in Texas really couldn't find any resolution to her having sometimes hundreds of seizures in a day, sometimes hundreds of seizures in an hour. So they wanted to remove half the brain she has sever the two sides, and if she survived it, see if that helped stop the seizures. Instead, her parents brought her to Colorado. And ten months, and not only did she, is she 99.9% .9 seizure-free, meaning she has a minor seizure every seven or eight months now. Wow. But hmm. she has regenerated her pituitary gland. You can huh. look at her MRIs, even if you're a layperson, and you can very clearly see she has more brain activity more brain mass, but most importantly, from zero, from four months old to two and a half years old when she left Texas, they, she had no pituitary function and no doctor had ever found her pituitary gland in her brain. They believed she was born without it. And she was on multiple pharmaceuticals to try to balance her body out because of that. Ten months into therapy, she began to get pituitary function and an MRI found a malformed pituitary gland. Within a few months, it was functioning at 100%, and it continues to do so. Mm. Until a physician can explain to me when nothing else has changed, nothing else changed, none of her pharmaceuticals changed, nothing else changed, with, with, if they can give me another inkling as to why that happened, 
then I'll drop my flag a little bit. But that little girl really changed my life because we can see something on a level. We're so far ahead with observational evidence than we are with, you know, evidence-based evidence. We can't do double-blind placebo trials here. But we have more than 2 million patients in the United States of America who are actively using this for some condition and have qualified in their state. And universities would love to be doing more studies around them, but they fight this Schedule One status. Right. And so the uh, empirical and anecdotal evidence is abounds. So we're yeah. we're uh, in a constant, you know, we're in a, we're in a not winning cycle. You right, know, right. and so okay. we've got to break that cycle. And the truth is, cannabis was placed on this schedule as a temporary measure. We can very clearly say it does not fit Schedule One status. Mm-hmm. The synthetic Marinol, which is less safe, is a Schedule Three. And truthfully, if you do the research, and I'm not the only person who's looked at this, but cannabis is safer than St. John's Wort and some of the other nutraceuticals that we have herbally on the on herbal markets. And so I think we need to be looking at this differently, and we're not going to resolve the greatest issues, the social issues, until we pull this Band-Aid off and we say it's legal, and we figure out how to regulate things in our each and every state. You know, it's done patchwork now, but the thing is, nothing's been legalized. Okay, Cannabis is not legal in any of these states. It's right. minorly decriminalized for medical, and in a few states, some adult use. Mm-hmm. But it's still decriminalized. It is not legal. Patients still face charges. That's time. right. Yeah. Caregivers are facing charges mm-hmm. in Colorado for doing what they believe was right in mm-hmm. the eyes of the law, but those laws are gray and now, they're Dr. not real clear. Okay, Dr. Nelson, let me uh, backtrack to what you said about uh, the safety of, of medical cannabis or yeah. marijuana in general. How, how can you claim that it's as safe or safer than St. John's Word or some of the, the uh, common uh, non-psychoactive uh, medicinal herbs out there? Because it has a lower toxic uh, toxicology rate. Um, you can't have a fatal overdose from cannabis. You can have a fatal overdose from St. John's wort, from Tylenol, from NyQuil, from many pharmaceuticals. But you can't have a fatal overdose. Now, you can have a very, very unpleasant experience from taking too much cannabis, but it can't kill you. Cannabis doesn't, the way the receptor, the the endocannabinoid system works, you can't shut off receptors in your brainstem or for your heart-lung function like opioids can do. Mm -hmm. So you can take very large amounts. Again, you'll have an unpleasant experience. You won't want to repeat it, but it will not kill you. Um, I've been talking to people a lot because we, again, get a large tourist trade because cannabis is, you know, we have adult use in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And for those small overdoses, taking a simple choline supplement, like citicoline, works really well. It helps kind of knock that high out. And when people take way too much and end up in an emergency room, uh, you know, acetylcholine is available there. It'd be a very nice, easy thing to do, you know, and see happen to to resolve that for people oh, okay. in a lot of ways. Okay. But, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it cannot kill you. Okay. Now, as far as you mentioned opioids, a lot of people are using uh, medical cannabis as a treatment for pain uh, or yes. as a, an opiate, um, you know, to get uh, to withdraw from opiates uh, yes. or opioids, rather. Um, and uh, tell us about that. That's one of the main treatments are one of the main uh, reasons that people turn to medical cannabis. Am I right? Well, I just, yeah, I'd just like to interject here about yeah. a recent study out of Chicago that, mm-hmm. that points to the severe ineffectiveness of opioid uh, uh, approaches to pain. 
and how it can be effective for a very short time and then is rendered fairly ineffective um, at, at additional doses uh, after that. And I think when you, when you read off these statements, I'd like to I, I was curious, Doctor, about the. Well, age I, I'm not a doctor, by the way. I'm just the host of the show. Thank you, though, for the honorary degree. Giving you doctor health cred. Okay, all right. <clears throat> okay, and um, just just the age of those statements, and then also, um, uh, I, I got a little thrown off there. Um, just in terms of what sort of governmental um, motivation they have, as well as pharmaceutical backing. Uh, what sort of, you know, it's a, it's a follow the money kind of thing. And then again, when you talk about effectiveness of this particular uh, approach, the government, and I apologize that I don't have the patent number, it's I believe 667 something, something, something. Uh, but the government has already patented the um, uh, effectiveness and value of cannabinoids uh-huh. on addressing, uh, you know, maladies in the human body. There they are positioning themselves, you know, as we get back to the political thrust of why cannabis is not uh, the primary um, ingredient in over-the-counter medications like it was prior to 1937. It was the most included ingredient in over-the-counter medications prior to the marijuana tax stamp. So I just wanted to and I'll turn it back over to you, Doctor. Well, and I think the thing, you know, the question was around the opioid use, and he's right. One, you have that new study saying that opioids don't work effectively, and we can, we've can we had studies that shown in states like Colorado with medical cannabis laws that they are writing as much as 25% fewer opioid prescriptions overall. And I've worked with thousands of patients, and that is the one thing that I see consistently is people reducing, if not completely ending, their pharmaceutical intake, Um, and particularly when it comes to pain medications. And that takes concentrates of cannabis, cannabis oil and cannabis concentrates and, you know, a focused treatment. And I don't really like the definitions of medical and recreational use. I think all use, again, because of our endocannabinoid system, can be healthy use. And therefore, you have casual use where people use it occasionally, and you have focused use where people are really focused in on their use. And if you talk to people that have, um, you know, addiction issues, they've used cannabis as a way to handle the withdrawal symptoms and distance themselves from the pain that they're experiencing. All right, but what about the, uh, the CBD versus THC? The THC is the psychoactive uh, compounds and then the CBD, which can have the pain relieving and and uh, disease treating effects or condition uh, specific and beneficial effects, but without the the THC. So uh, what's well, what's the wrong THC with THC? Also has those same medicinal effects okay. as CBD. In fact, it has them sometimes in a larger capacity. Um, so we're discounting THC because of euphoria. And I can't think of too many pharmaceuticals that don't cause you to have some euphoric reaction. And you can use 
some THC along with, you can have an 8 to 1 of CBD to THC and still have 4 to 5% THC and not get high, I see. but have a better reaction towards your pain. So mm-hmm. I don't like us to discount THC because what we do know scientifically is THC activates your endocannabinoid receptors and it helps you develop new receptors. No. So it's an important piece of this. Okay. It doesn't necessarily always have to be at a high dosage level. But when you're talking about pain and you're talking about withdrawal of opiates, I like to see people use a one-to-one of THC to CBD because oh. that's where mm. they'll have the most effect. Now, what about Marinol, the prescription uh, marijuana uh, or medical uh, compound? Uh, is that just it's, CBD or is it... Uh, there's no, it's no, THC. It's 100% it's synthetic THC. THC. Okay, it is and THC. it's been shown to not be as effective as smoked marijuana. And uh, right. smoked marijuana yeah, is less and it's effective not than... Eaten marijuana, you know, eaten cannabis or taking capsules or okay. a lot of other better ingestion methods. All right, we'll talk about dosing and delivery forms when we come back the smoking, the edibles, the vaping, etc., ingestion tips, and much more information on medical cannabis with our two guests, Dr. Regina Nelson and Michael Browning. But first, let's uh, pause for this week's health report from veteran TV news reporter Dick Allgaier. Time now for the Health Report from veteran TV newscaster Dick Allgaier. This feature is brought to you by Hawaiian Organic Noni, the makers of noni fruit leather and lavender noni lotion, available at health stores and pharmacies, or by going to realnoni.com. Now, Dick Allgaier and this week's Health Report. Many studies have shown that our weight is closely linked to how food tastes, For instance, one study revealed participants who were obese or anorexic had a hard time differentiating regular water and sugar water, but scientists didn't know why. A new study found that mice who consumed a high-fat diet and gained weight had 25% fewer taste buds than mice who consumed a regular diet. Experiments suggest it was not the diet that affected taste buds, but the internal state of being obese. South Korea has resorted to drastic measures to try to stop a workaholic culture engulfing the country. The government has announced a new initiative that shuts down employees' computers at 8 p.m. on Fridays to force them to leave work on time. The country has some of the longest working hours in the world. The government has also passed a law to cut down the maximum weekly working hours from 68 to 52. Wow, that's a David Snow work week. And a study says cold showers will make you more likely to go to work. Cold showers allegedly help toughen people up, and a Dutch study led by the Academic Medical Center in Amsterdam has revealed employees who take a cold shower in the morning are significantly less likely to call in sick to work. Cold helps release beta endorphins. That makes dealing with pain easier. Cold showers for 30 days resulted in a reduction of self-reported sick leave from work. Dick Allgaier, that's today's health report. Do you own a dog or a cat? Then you need to know that Noni, Hawaii's most popular medicinal herb for people, can also be used for pets. In fact, thousands of pet owners give their animals Hawaiian Noni fruit leather regularly for energy, pain relief, digestion, and for their skin and coat textures. And for external use, pet owners rave about Hawaiian Health Ohana's Lavender Noni Lotion for wounds and infections, hot spots from fleas and ticks, and muscle and ligament strains. 
For more serious applications, there's the Instant Noni Aloe Bio Bandage, a natural salve with ingredients that form a protective healing barrier for maximum results. Natural healing for your pet, made from 100% pure organic noni. Ask for the Noni Fruit Leather, Lavender Noni Lotion, or Noni Bio Bandage for pets at your nearest pet shop or health products retailer. And visit real-noni.com. Welcome back to The Cure for the Common Radio Show. David Snow with you. A reminder, our show does, <coughs> excuse me, rebroadcast tonight from 9 to 11 p.m. Excuse me, 9 p.m. on the station you're listening to right now. And um, be sure to always uh, check the website, drhealthradio.com. Let me get a sip of water here. Mm. Okay, stay hydrated, David. Okay, we're um, continuing our discussion with Dr. Regina Nelson and Michael Browning on medical cannabis. And by the way, in the next month, we are going to have a show on phytocannabinoids, uh, the plant-based cannabinoids that are found in other plants besides cannabis. Uh, but uh, we won't have time for that today. We'll have a guest expert on that as well. Uh, okay, uh, to both of you, we only have a minute or two left. Dosing and delivery forms. Let's talk about smoking, which you mentioned, edibles and vaping. What about that? Well, you know, I tell people it's important, you know, a lot of people don't want to smoke, and you don't have to. It is good for acute relief because it breaks the blood-brain barrier really quickly. If you want that type of fast relief, you need to look at a tincture or suspension using the cannabis, you know, a diluted cannabis oil. If you're looking for something that lasts longer, edibles are really great, but they don't take effect really quickly. So they need to start, people need to start with small doses with edibles, 5 to 10 milligrams, until they understand how it's going to work for them. And now you know, in states like Colorado, there are a lot of options and choices to the types that they use. Okay. And I think for everybody, hemp oil um, supplements, hemp seed and CBD supplements are an excellent nutraceutical that even if you're healthy will help improve your endocannabinoid system. All right. And, and uh, David, we're going to have to tune in for your show on phytocannabinoids. That sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll uh, mention or we'll pre-promote that uh, for the listeners and, and for you as well. Uh, give, us a, give us a website. We're, we're down to our last minute. Sorry to interrupt. It's, uh, it's time for the talk dot today. Time, wait, say that again. You faded out. Time for the talk. Dot today. Oh, okay. So instead dot of today. dot com, it's dot today. So right. the urgency is now. And people can go there, and whether you're a patient or a practitioner, you can download the chapter from the book that's for you. For okay, free. you're fading in and out, Michael. we got to let you go. Thanks so much, Dr. Regina Nelson, for being with us as well. Thank okay. you. Uh, time, I appreciate you. All right. Time for the talk is the name of the book. And here we go with another edition of the program. Join us next week, same time. Same station for another edition of Dr. Health. Until then, thank you for joining us. I'm David Snow reminding you it's not how long you live, it's how you live long. Aloha. Have a healthy week. <laughs>